0: Welcome to the business of being healthy, where we are passionate about treating our health as good as we treat our wealth. Shelley Bryan here, and I am obsessed with sharing real life experiences and wisdom to help save you time, heartache, and money as you continue to grow personally and professionally. Twice a week, we push aside that BS to take massive intentional action, and I promise by tuning in, you will receive the straightforward talk you've been waiting for, filled with actionable steps that will inspire you to achieve the health and wealth you desire while you are building your empire. So today on the show, I have the Shopify queen. And what I love about it is I know that that name isn't like it was given to her because Sarah is one of those people that you are going to find out today that is, I love saying this is a little bit different because her experience and the experiences that she's lived and been able to bring into her life that we are going to share about today, I think might have you thinking a little bit more about what's possible. And so, Sarah, like I said, she is the Shopify queen. She's a speaker, a podcaster. She's the CEO of Jansel & Co., which I can't wait to hear about how you built this team. And she truly like an expert on all things Shopify, Kajabi. Let's dive in. Sarah, welcome to the show. Yeah. Oh my gosh. Thank you for that intro (laughs) and for having me. (laughs) Yeah, absolutely. So Sarah, we met through a mutual friend, Christina, who I adore with a social snippet. And I would love for you to just share a little bit about your background because we both have that corporate, right? That kind of corporate history and then into entrepreneurship. And it's a big leap, you know, and it, It's not like, oh, we were in corporate for a year and then we're like, no, entrepreneurial bug. Like you had a full career. And so I'd love for you to share just a little bit about your background before coming out into entrepreneurship.
1: Yeah, for sure. So I know it's it's like I like to tell people I started corporate when I was like 10 years old or something, but that's probably not true. <laughs> that's okay. That's okay. Um, but uh yeah, I I had a corporate career for about 20 plus years. Uh, you know, I worked in banks, consulting firms. Um, my one of my last roles was at an automotive tech company. Uh so you know, kind of Canadian, uh, some experiences working in India and also the United States. Uh, so a lot lots and lots of different things I did in business, HR, uh, operations. So yeah, I definitely had a full career and I would actually describe myself as having really been focused on my corporate career and climbing that corporate ladder and, you know, was really excited about, you know, getting into the VP role, which was the last one that I held. And all during that time, I would say, you know, I definitely had those inklings and I'd love to know about that that with you too, Shelly, but it's like, I had these inklings that like, you. know, there was this entrepreneurial spirit, which I don't think I recognized it as that at the time, but I felt this need to be, I'll put air quotes around, more creative and, you know, have a creative outlet and, you know, would kind of imagine, you know, potential businesses over the years over a glass of wine or a vacation or like, hey, what if I did something like this on the side? Or what if I did something like that? And was really quick to kind of, be like, nah, that's silly. You know what I mean? Like the next morning or things like that. But you know, over the years, as more and more of those thoughts kind of piled up, uh, I realized like what what's holding me back? Like why am I not doing this? And I've had this career, and I got this VP role, and I'd met some goals that I had, and I was like, I still wasn't feeling like a hundred percent lit up. So I was like, it's now or never. Like I feel like. I need to do something. So I started a fashion business, uh, which was part time. So it was really kind of called it my passion project, you know, side hustle, whatever you want to call it. And it turned into something really special because I picked something fun. Um, that was a bit more creative, you know, kind of than what I was doing in the corporate space. I decided to run that business online. So that was my introduction to Shopify. I was always kind of techie before, but you know, e com was brand new to me. And I thought, you know, I want to figure this out. Like I see people doing this. It's gotta be possible for me, you know, went to my closet, figured out what labels I loved and wanted to bring the California vibes to Canada. Cause my goodness with the snow right now, we need that. <laughs> so you know, just something different and you know, That was kind of like the gateway drug, I'll call it into realizing like, oh, you know, there's this whole community of really great people like Christina, you mentioned earlier, there's these amazing events that I can go to, you know, I'm meeting all these cool people who are shopping with my brand, I'm figuring things out online. And I was like, you know, maybe this could really be something. And it wasn't until the pandemic hit in 2020 that, you know, people were desperately trying to get online during that time. And I was looking to scale that fashion business. I never thought like, oh, VP or It was kind of like vp and and then i started to take on some clients because it was opportune to do that and try to help show people what i did and that was when it hit me that i was like wait a minute (laughs) like i didn't imagine that creative aspect and corporate, like I just didn't see how those things would come together. And then they did. And I was like, you know, obviously that was my own mindset at the time, but I was like, that was sort of the license for me to be like that now or never. Like I'm I'm, I'm either gonna jump or I'm never gonna do it. And so I ended up jumping. Uh, and resigning from my VP role and going full in uh, during the pandemic. And it was just such a great opportunity to do that because it was at a time when people were trying to figure out what I knew how to do. So it was, you know, really fun um, in the face of everything else
0: that was going on at that time. I really love that. There's so much that I actually want to pull from, from that experience, but I, I want to just step back for one quick second because your corporate experience, I mean, you have Diplomas in HR management, management consulting. You have a master's in business and executive management. I just got it. I have to know, Sarah, why HR? Because my corporate (laughs) experience, I was like, oh God, HR. You know, it was just like, it was kind of like that half, too. And I'm so curious to understand like what kind of because that was your last year VP role was people in operations. So, I, I mean, tell me why HR?
1: Yeah. So, you know, it's funny and everyone will laugh at this, but I was a full out business salesperson before. And that's what I did. I actually sold computer electronics. I worked in retail. I did all kinds of things. I worked with schools and then I got hired at a bank and it was in business. I was in a call center. I was like working with Visa credit cards. (laughs) So I remember at that time I was pretty impressionable and really just trying to figure it out. And I was like really excited that I got this job at a bank. And, you know, a couple of the leaders that I was working with were like, God, like you would just be so great in HR. And I was like, I didn't, I was like, what is that? (laughs) I remember (laughs) literally saying, what is that? And they're like, no, like, you know, so they kind of explained it to me. And I was like, oh, like those people that like help onboard me and hire me and all of that stuff. And so what's interesting about that is I decided to take a course. I was like, well, everyone thinks I'm going to be good at this. Maybe I'll go learn a little bit about it. And you know I didn't take a traditional HR course I took organizational um des- like design and development basically like how do organizations think and I was like oh if this is what this is about like I'm totally in this is like figuring out culture and like what makes people tick and like why they do things that they do at certain companies the way that they do them and so Even today, I was having a conversation with somebody yesterday and the way that I would have described myself was an HR executive with an affinity for the business. I was not your traditional HR person that wanted to, yes, I recruited and did all kinds of things and had to kind of work my way up the ranks. But what I was more interested in was like, you know, okay, we've got these business goals and these things that we're trying to do. How do we actually enable that? And the only way you're going to do that is through people. And so strategic projects and things like that really interested me. So I always kind of say I'm like the most non-HR HR person that you'll find, um, but it's a good question. I've been asked that over the years and I feel like you know that's kind of why I've expanded my scope a little bit. So operations and now like really in the tech world And, you know, kind of COO was always like a goal of mine. Maybe one day now, I guess I got to be the CEO of my own company. But, you know, prior to that, um, you know, I was sort of trying to think like across, like what are some of the different things that businesses do? So, um, yeah, it was kind of my starting point, but I don't think it'll be my ending point. I don't know. We'll see.
0: I mean, I, I absolutely love that. And I love that you were like hardcore sales. And it sounds like you just happen to be around some people that saw, you know, light in you and they were wanting to develop you and give you away. And I think we're going to hear this consistently throughout today's talk, but I love that you were just like, what's that? And took action <laughs> like that. That's something that I just, I try to instill as much as I can and live it in myself and anyone that I come into contact with. It's like, you can have those like, Oh, I wonder if, but like, don't let that stop you. It's like, take the action, take the course, do the thing. Like my husband, he cracks me up. He does it better than anybody else. But if he's like, if there's some kind of reminds me, you, if there's something he doesn't know, he like just goes and researches it. And he's like, oh, well, this is what it is. And this is how we use it. And here's the software. And like, he can just go. And it's something that I really look up to in him and you that I'm like, I just massive action to understand what it is. And whether it's something that you're like, I'm going to take on and or I'm going to hire out. But now, you know, and so taking Mm -hmm. that action was awesome. I love that. Now, as you, you know, Transitioned and look well. Actually, let me step back. The creativity thing, because I used this word um, with someone that I saw an event last week. I just briefly met. We had like an introduction, and she was telling me she doesn't have a business yet. She works at a bank, and she's now at this new bank. And she's like, I feel really free, and I'm able to do this stuff. And I don't know, like I I kind of want to have a business. I, maybe I don't. And I just said, you know, it's totally there's a lot of pressure on social media to be like, go have a business. It's so easy. Like, look at me, I'm making all this money, blah, blah, blah. But I said, you know what? It's actually really great to be with organizations that allow you to be an entrepreneur where you can have that freedom and build and learn. Would you say that some of those experiences kind of helped, like were you almost that entrepreneur that you were able to grow and then become the entrepreneur
1: yeah, you know what? I feel like you hit on something that's really important for people to hear because it's not that easy to do. Right. And I think, you know, I, there is a lot of pressure and a lot of like, oh, look at this person. Right. But a lot of that stuff's super curated. And it's not so different from working at a business and trying to figure it out and support it. And that there's more security with that. Right. Because you're expecting your paycheck every two weeks or twice a month or whatever you get paid. But it's like, you know, there's, there are really good opportunities, I think, within companies to explore those things. And so I love that you you nailed this one because it's like creative to me. I think at the time, I didn't recognize that maybe I had opportunities to do things that I just didn't think I did because I was trying to fit into a box. And, you know, that is just experience driven. So it's like I thought, like, oh, you know, like so, like you said, it's like I'm this HR person, like these are the confines with when with which I work within, right? Mm -hmm, And so, mm -hmm. you know, so some cases I would say that's also organizationally driven because it's not my business. But in other cases, I think we do that a lot to ourselves and we don't even realize we're doing it because, you know, I'll give you an example. So as I'm working in corporate and I'm taking on roles and I describe myself as a very non HR HR person, the things I love to do was actually take on the hard jobs. (laughs) So go into the places where there was a lot of change they needed to introduce, Maybe they didn't have the right, you know, technology and systems and they needed to figure that out. Right. So like lots of flares of like things that I do now, Um, you know, they're high growth mode. And they're like, we don't know how we're going to hire like, you know, a thousand people over the next year or whatever it is. Right. Like all these like crazy things. And so to me, that was like the white space. Like, cool. I don't know how we're going to do that, but I will figure it out and I'm gonna come in here and, you know, do something that no one's done before. And that, I think those types of experiences, and they're gonna look different for everybody depending on where they work and what they do, but it's those moments that I think I didn't recognize as being the perfect training that I needed to actually be an entrepreneur. Like I was being, to your point, entrepreneur, <laughs> you know, within these organizations without even recognizing that in myself, I think at the time. So it's good to kind of reflect on that now and think about it because I'm like, you know, there are a lot of things you can do to prepare or there might actually be a lot of things that you could do that you feel like you can't do right
0: now. But who's really saying you can't do that? Is that you? Oh, god that's such a good question and and seriously um I'm gonna give an example but just to continue on that conversation with that gal she was like entrepreneur i've i've never heard of that mm. and i just kind of explained like here is the concept is that what you think you have so that she could start stewing on it working with her leadership to be like holy cow exactly how much freedom do i have or or like you said who's putting the restrictions on her on you Mm -hmm. in an organization? Is it you or someone else? And, you know, I think this is something that organizations in general, whether they're large organizations like you or I have worked for in the past, or just a, you know, a booming business that's coming up that maybe has three or four uh, employees. I still think it's the similar mindset, the culture of allowing those to like shine in their own unique ability that they can bring to it. So, back when I was in pharmaceuticals, I was covering a a territory of Arizona and Vegas. And then I had a counterpart that lived in Vegas and came to Arizona and we covered different medications. Right. But we were flying every week back and forth. And I finally was like, this is the silliest thing that I've ever done. And I put myself in the position of the business. And I'm like, how much money. So I started, I was talking to my counterpart. I like created exactly how much money we were spending on traveling. And neither one of us wanted to travel anymore. We just wanted to stay in our area with our families at the time. And I actually was in an organization that was willing to listen, that was willing to hear those ideas. I went, we went to them, we presented to the entire executive team, and they actually granted us to cover more products, but stay in our local area. And we were actually a uh, case study for them. And our oh, business grew exponentially that they actually rolled this system out to the rest of the country in various like local markets that they were able to. So I share that only because like you did, finding that white space and and being like willing to be like, I don't know yet. But let me do some research and present it. I think that's something everyone could hear in their position, whether you're in a small business or a big business, if you come to them and they are willing to listen, you're in a good spot. And if they're not, you might want to question the organization that you're with. Mm Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah.
1: And I, and it's interesting too, because I feel like when you're in the mix of that and I, and I reflect on my past experiences, sometimes it was hard to see the forest or the trees, meaning I didn't have to stay anywhere that made me feel like I was in that box. Like I could have just left, like life's too short. Like there's so many companies and like these days, it's so hard to find good talent and (laughs) you hear all these things. And I'm like, it's actually a lot easier to just move around now, right? Like it is a candidate's world. If that's what you want to do, then and like fill your boots and go do that, right? Find somewhere that's going to value and appreciate you and do things like what you're describing. It's like, you know, you want them to be open to the ideas of what could be possible, right?
0: I love that. Fill your candidate boots. Like, I just love that because, you know, I don't know about you, you spent, you know, nearly 25 years in corporate. Is that kind of how you were raised? Like go get the job and like work up the ladder and You know the benefits and and be safe with your paycheck
1: yeah it was kind of half and half which is interesting and Mm -hmm. you know you often wonder if you like following your parents boots but like my mom started out in a bank and then she became an entrepreneur like I never even really thought about it as I went and she did like you know hairstyling after that and had her own business and you know whatever also it's kind of like a strange you know change um so that's part of that creative flair and my dad ran his own business for years and now he works for a huge power company and you know he's very specialized it was important to him have all these diplomas so it's like I think I actually picked up on these like things and did a mix of all of that somehow without even realizing it
0: it sounds (laughs) like it though like you took the best Parts and then kind of created your own way. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Now, let's yeah. let's in your own way, right? You created your clothing brand and then you were like, okay, well, you sold that business. Is that right? If I, remember. yeah, there's a good chunk of the stuff that I
1: sold, not the whole business, but part of it. I'm actually wearing a komodo from there today. I was like, oh, wow, this
0: is very interesting. And well, I-, <laughs> I absolutely love that. Give them a shout out, give them a shout out. Um, yeah. and then, you saw a need. I think that's the creativity side. And I'd love for you to kind of speak to that because we can have these like blinders on, right? When you're like in the grind of your business and you're like going, and especially when you had 2020 hit, it's like even more to like go in, but you were willing to look and help. And I Mm want to say from what you've shared, I could see kind of you're wanting to help people and the HR side kind of helping with that. Was there a certain point that you were like, wait a minute, like a certain that, that you were, okay, maybe this isn't the business of the product. Maybe it's actually the service that I can provide to other people like me. Mm -hmm. Was, Was there a certain time that hit?
1: i think so yeah and whether it was super conscious at the time i don't know but definitely i would say um so even just getting into the fashion business i think one of the things i'll say if you're someone that's out there and you're thinking about starting something maybe you're like me and you agonize over what (laughs) like i know i want to do something but you know i had probably like a hundred different ideas (laughs) of things i could do but they were all centered around things that i thought would be fun or things that I thought would be interesting. And so, you know, I'm gonna go back to that, like what little box am I putting myself in? It's like, well, how could I possibly run a company that's fun? (laughs) I mean, like, that sounds crazy, (laughs) right? (laughs) So, I mean, maybe this is very telling about my personality, but it's just, you know, I, I could imagine it but I was quick to talk myself out of it. And so it's interesting, because I was on a vacation with my husband when I literally drew a line in the sand and came up with this idea and said, I don't care what I'm gonna do, I'm just gonna come home and register a business, register a name, I know it's gonna be online, and I'm gonna do fashion, that's where I'm gonna start. And that was my mindset, was this is where I'm gonna start. And I wanted to do that because it was something I knew about. It was something that I thought was fun. You know, I had a bit of a different style. I was purchasing all my clothing from the States, from online boutiques myself. So I'm like, people were commenting that they loved my stuff. I was like, this is a no brainer. Like, you know, even if I just get out there and share something different that we just don't have here, patterns, colors, you know, prints, like wild stuff. um, You can check it out at Sadie and Sari (laughs) on Instagram if you want it, S-A-D-I-A-N-D-S-A-R-I. Um, They're my two nicknames as a kid, by the way, because people always ask about that. But, you know, I think, you know, it was just kind of a fun idea. And then I thought, you know, this is where I started to realize, like, there's got to be more people like me more people who need this service, more people who shouldn't have to pay taxes and duties all the time when they want to bring things up here in Canada, right? That want to dress Mm -hmm. a certain way. And it was very like vacation inspired, I think. So, you know, I wanted every day to feel like a vacation. So there's some of that fun, but there was also the business side to it, right? So I think that definitely hit for me. And then it was like, well, I'll just learn from this as I go, like, I'll just use this as like the learning and then see where it goes and kind of see where it takes me. And the same thing I would say with Jansel & Co, it was like, I got into it by realizing I had some skills and taking on a few clients and being like, whoa, you know, all of a sudden I'm really enjoying this type of work and it's providing a service to people that I didn't have. Like I tried to figure out this online thing, like YouTube university, painful. <laughs> Like no one should have to go through that, forever. And, you know, it's like, there wasn't really a me that I knew, Mm -hmm. right? And so, you know, trying to figure that out and then eventually that evolved to, well, wait, actually people are better served now because it's not pandemic time. They don't have time to like, we'll just do it for you, but we'll show you what you need to do to be dangerous. We'll teach you along the way, right? So I think in both instances, it wasn't super conscious, but it was like, that was the trajectory for it for
0: sure. And I want to just ask you about something. And and I don't know if you've thought about this, but did you worry about failure? Like, did you worry? Were, is that what prevented you from taking action to where at that one vacation you're like, I'm coming back? Was it the failure worry? Was it the success worry? What was it for you?
1: Yeah, I would say it was. it wasn't the success worry. That would be great. <laughs> it was definitely the like, what will people think? That's what helped me back. It's like, oh, to your point, right? A lot of people are like HR and like, wait a minute, I'm looking at all the diplomas yeah. I have. Like, you're going to give that up for like a Komodo? Like, <laughs> 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 so it was like, you know, I had all these thoughts, but like what other people would say, like, what if it doesn't work out? And like, what if nobody buys my clothes or like, you know, there's these like imposter syndrome moments and that like some of them are small and like, oh, that's crazy. You know what I mean? Some of them are big where it was like real, like I agonized over that. Like, what are people going to think like when I tell my first friend about it? And the reality was, is like people actually were like, oh, that makes sense. We totally see you doing this. And I'm like, oh, you do? You know, <laughs> so did I, right? <laughs> this is good, right? Like, like coming out of the closet a little bit about this fashion thing. And so, Love you know, it. I think people understood that and saw that in me, but I just wasn't brave enough to maybe see that in myself. So I second guessed myself a lot. That's why I say that whole now or never, like I literally just jumped. Cause I was like, if I don't, I'm never gonna do it. <laughs> and so mm-hmm. some people, I dip my toe in obviously with, you know, the fashion business prior to that. It's not like I cold turkey did or anything like that. But I think you gotta do what you gotta to do if you are serious about it and you want to do that. For me, that's just how I needed to do it. But, um, you know, everybody's a little bit different.
0: Well, it's so funny. I just gave a talk uh, about a month ago and I share my whole career background because it makes no sense. Like none of it. None of it makes no sense. And, you know, from finance to pharmaceuticals to restaurant ownership to construction, it makes no sense but what i've like re- you talked about reflecting is it like gave me the confidence and the bravery it's like okay i'm going to do this and if it doesn't work out i'll be fine however i will say i stayed in the the pharmaceutical world for nearly 18 years and part of it was that i there were two things one the golden handcuffs were mm-hmm. ridiculous but the other yeah. thing was the the like, what if, like, like, what does everyone going to think of it? They're going to think I'm crazy. Like, what if I fail after I've been so successful in my career? Like, what will that happen to me? And there's one thing that I'm really grateful for in my life. And maybe you have something like this because you do have like such an extensive background. And I love that is my actually extracurricular activity is showing horses. And mm-hmm. if there's one thing that horses teach you, well- the the number one thing is like, it usually doesn't go as planned and it's okay. You get to go try again. So that would have, I would have to pick myself up. I mean, I've been writing since I was five. I'd have to pick myself up, not off the ground. That was when I was younger. But like, if it, if I was competing and it didn't go as planned, I'd be like, okay, here's what I learned. Here's how I'm going to be better next time and go. And that's something mm. that I've found. I've leaned on a lot when my courage was kind of lacking Did you have something that kind of helped you stay the course when you, I mean, you took the jump, but I'm sure there were probably some like, I'm going to fall back over here. Like, let me just go safe.
1: Yeah, definitely. So, I mean, I started talking about this in my keynote speech in the last year, I would say. And Mm -hmm. before that, I never really shared it, but I'm pretty open about it now. And I tell people I was actually like on my own at 16, like, here's Mm -hmm. your bag of stuff. Like, homeless, (laughs) like figure Mm -hmm. it out. And, you know, I wasn't homeless, but it was like literally my stuff got dropped off at a friend's house and that was the end of it. Like figure it out. And so when I think about that, I'm like, holy smoke, 16 years old, I was like in grade 11, you know, it was a cold Canadian winter in like January. And I was like, okay, this is my life. Now I got to figure this out. And so, you know, figuring out a place to live and figuring out how to get to school and figuring out how to finish school and, you know, getting a job and paying rent and like all those things. And so, I mean, obviously those trickled on to like other things, but I feel like there was a lot of, life skills and street smarts and almost like my brother and I call it flight or fight. <laughs> mm-hmm. So it's like, I, there was no option but to figure it out, yeah. you know? And so I think what that taught me was that I could just keep figuring it out. And I don't think I realized that that helped me adapt and build what I think you highlighted earlier, seeing that in your husband too, which is like, whenever people ask me what my greatest skill is, I'm like, I'm resourceful. Mm -hmm. I don't have to have all the answers. I don't need to know all the things, but if I want something, I'll figure out how to get it. You know what I mean? Or I'll figure out, you know, what needs to be done to get there. And, you know, I think that's a gift, you know, out of something that was really hard. It's kind of like, you know, I got this amazing skill set out of it and didn't even know it at the time. And so a lot of times I think it looks like bravery, but it's really just this willingness to be like, I'll figure it out. (laughs) And get it in. And I think that's really helped me in entrepreneurship because there's a lot of things that I didn't know how to do, you know, or run a business or how to market certain things or be on social media and do reels, like even down to the simplest things. But I was like, I'll figure it out.
0: Yeah. I love you're making me question some stuff because I even I talk about it all the time is like increase your bravery muscle, like increase your bravery muscle in different things, but what you just said is making me even question it is like, am I actually thinking bravery, but it's in reality, resourcefulness. And mm. so I just really, I love that. And I, I think everyone listening in is like, regardless, it's these skills, it's these skills to adapt. And it's like, yeah. how are, I always look at it? Is like, it's a muscle. It is a skill. It's not like this, you, you maybe had it in you, right? Like as a behavior when you were dropped at 16, right? But then you develop that skill of resourcefulness to everything that you've been able to do now and Mm -hmm. and still doing it. I absolutely love that. Okay. So switching gears over to your current business and the service that you provide, as far as like j and Co., what does that all entail? Because I I was looking at the website, we're going to absolutely link your website in the notes. Even her website is fantastic, you guys. So definitely jump on there if you're looking for someone to follow and, and learn from. Uh, but what what exactly are all the services that you provide? Yeah. I mean, it's expanded and changed over time.
1: So, you know, it started with Shopify stores and, you know, and then Kajabi got introduced a little later and I run my business on both. (laughs) So I know them inside and out. It felt natural to do that. Uh, so definitely website builds, redesigns, um, those types of things. And then I realized as I was working with clients that I was getting asked a lot, like, well, what about a logo? Do you know anybody who could recommend to help me build my brand or what about packaging social media templates? You know, um, how about SEO? And what about ads? And like all these different things, email marketing. So what I started to realize was like, it's just one piece of it. And I was referring people out to people that I knew. And like, obviously, that's the joy of being an entrepreneur. And I was always had this mindset, again, this little box, like, oh, I don't want to be everything to everyone. So I'm going to make sure I'm niche down and like just this kind of thing. And then I realized that's actually not the right move because I've built these relationships with clients and people who trust us. And I'm like, I don't know how to do all of those things. I know enough to be dangerous in them. And like we operate with those types of things. But I do know the people who are incredibly experienced and good at building logos and brands and doing ads and SEO. So like, why not bring them in? And Ooh. so that's kind of where the Jansel & Co, I was like, obviously I'm the Jansel, but yeah. <laughs> the & Co um, looks like an incredible like boutique team of people who are just really, really great experts at those specific things. And you know, as an entrepreneur, you'll probably experience this. It's like, okay, you can only get so far with one person, then you got to go find someone else for that other thing. And it can be really hard to know who to trust and, you know, all of these things. And so it's like, well, if we have the the expertise and people are trusting our opinion, like why not bring the right skills to the table and we can just keep them here and help them as they grow. So you'll see, it, I talk a lot about build, brand and grow awesome websites on X platforms. And so we specialize in specific platforms and e-commerce specifically product and service. So everything we do is kind of like the same each time, no matter kind of what your business genre is. But we want to also be able to help you at different points in time in your business because you're going to need different things. And so I think that's been really fun because we do a lot of new business, but it's like, you know, these people are startups, like they're going to need things eventually. And so we have a lot of repeat customers that come back that do different things this all the time because they're like, Hey, now I'm ready for this point. You know, I was listening to your podcast and we built my website, but now I think I want to add this to it, or I want to do that thing. Or how about ads now? Cause I have the budget for that. And so I feel like that's a really cool experience for people where it's like, you know, we do have
0: really great experts
1: that can help you with that and bring them to the table.
0: I think that's really neat. And actually one of the things I wanted to ask you about today, and this so perfectly tied it in was <laughs> niching. Because Mm. I can tell you from different businesses that we've had in, in our current construction company now, um, I feel like before we actually, we were kind of more catered to all we do commercial construction, not residential. We were catered Mm -hmm. to all, but now I'm like finding us, like we're getting so specialized in a good way that we're actually niching down some. Right. Mm -hmm. And Mm -hmm. It might not necessarily, and this is, um, I'd love to get your thoughts on this, Sarah. It's not necessarily, um, the types of products or, uh, uh services or construction projects that we take on. It's the type of people we work with or the mm. businesses that we work with. So our niche is getting smaller because and I really think this comes down to our core values, um, in, in what we're building. But I would love to kind of understand your perspective, because I think there's two things there, like niching your offerings right on who they're for, but then also niching like who you help. And I think that that can get gray for a lot of people. And even as business owners, like I feel it and I'm trying to work through it and understand it. And as we build. So, Sarah, what are your thoughts on that?
1: Yeah. There's kind of two things I would say client for sure. And I can speak to that kind of for Jansel and co just to like put some color around that, but also, um, you know, for us and you're talking about specializing, there's kind of the niching down on platform. Like I never really kind of, you know, was all in on the, like, you can only do this one thing with this, you know what I mean? Like this one type of thing. Cause I was like, no, like once I got in and I realized like farms to fitness, to fashion, to (laughs) gut health supplements uh menopause um meal kits like we work with everything but what's the same right so what's Mm -hmm. the same about those two things one is you're either shopify kajabi or Subly. so you're a subscription box you sell product or service right and the platforms actually surprisingly all kind of really work the same so (laughs) how we go about selling and helping you get your product into the hands of your consumer very repeatable interestingly mm. um and most people in the market will try to sell you all these kinds of ideas but it's like yeah you know what but there's like some really basic things that need to happen to make sure that that resonates with people and so you know platform is one and two um i think you said as well around the customer for us it's like startup to small to medium-sized business we only work with a couple of enterprises and it's because they started startups Mm. And so, you know, we love that because I think the most exciting thing is when somebody comes into a business and they're ready to start something and it's like heavy idea. And then they're like, now, how do I bring this to life? Like that's our specialty. And then as you grow, we can supplement you with these services to help continue to make that exciting. Mm. Um, So I think, you know, it is a couple of things, but I think jumping into business, it's almost like unfair (laughs) for people to be thinking about their niche. And like, I, I took on all kinds of different when I started, I didn't know what I liked and what I didn't, I didn't like, I didn't know who I really wanted to work with. I just knew Shopify was like the thing. And so, you know, I had some good lessons and some hard lessons, (laughs) you know, through that time. And I think you have to kind of be open to seeing that. Cause I didn't expect to be doing done for you services. I was like, Oh, you know, I went to school to be a consultant. I'm going to consult people on this. I'm going to show them how. And then I was like, Nope, you know, that's not the right thing. Actually, the quality is better. And I prefer doing it this way. Right. But I wouldn't have known that if I didn't go down a path. So I think there's like a little experimentation to kind of get to where you are, I think, and where I am now, where it's like, oh, it's more clear now.
0: (laughs) This is what we do. This is who we help. Well, and I love that you said there were some good lessons and some hard lessons, but ultimately the hard lessons are good lessons. Like at the end of the day, right? Because it helps you get clear. I mean, Holy yeah. cow. We would have to have like another three hour episode of like hard yeah. lessons learned in business, um, and, and how we're applying it now. But I think it all <laughs> hourly, um, Daily. I think, I think it it all comes back to even that creativity that you had that you started mm-hmm. with. Right. And, and being able to flex that muscle of creativity and willing to try and go for it. And you, I think for us, you know, again, in any business that we've had, the type of client or or customer that we're going to work with it in the beginning it's like Ooh, wheels off go and then all of a sudden you're like whoa okay now we start setting some you know parameters on what that looks like but you're right in the beginning it's like comes back to again take action take action just go you'll figure it out just know that you'll come out the other end Yeah.
1: And someone said this to me maybe about a year ago, and it has just stuck with me ever since where it's like, you know, you think about doing all these things and you think, oh, like this is going to be challenging or, you know, I'm going to do hard things. And like, that's like a big thing. You see all social media, I can do hard things and all that stuff. Right. And I'm like, I just, I think about the energy that's around that. And, you know, I ran into somebody and I think it was at one of my speeches and they got up and were asking a question at the end of it and said something like, you know, everyone talks about like doing hard things, but I always think about it is is, I'm just trying new things. Mm. And like, doesn't that feel different? And it feels different to me when I say like, oh, I'm just trying new things. People ask like, oh, you're you're, you're on this new platform now. You're doing subscription boxes. Like, that's cool. I'm like, yeah, it's actually better for subscription boxes than Shopify. And I would have never said that six months ago, but we kind of got in and experimented. And now we're trying new things. You know what I'm like? I think you just have to be open to that. And that feels so much better than like, yeah, it is new. And like, <laughs> I'm trying to figure it out, and like all this stuff, like the connotation around that, and like you almost give yourself permission, like it's okay to try new things. It's just new. It's
0: okay. It's okay. It's okay. This, okay. this 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 conversation. I love this conversation because one thing that I just listened to another podcast, and it was all talking about like the medium is the message, and I think this mm. all comes back to your mindset, right? It's new. It's hard. It's what it's the label? What label are you attaching to the thing that you are doing that is giving you a feeling? And mm-hmm. you were you even said it right then. You're like it just when I say hard things versus new things, it's like you you feel the weight. Like I encourage you, I hope you're hearing this, but like say it out loud wherever you're listening to this. When you're d- doing something, is it new or is it hard or is it just a thing? Like it doesn't even need to have it. Like this is the thing we're doing now. And when we start taking those labels off and peeling those labels off, then we don't attach certain feelings to them. Mm, Love it. Now, sticking with that message is is the medium, because I feel like when someone has a product or service, right? And you're like, I want to get this out to the masses. And you, you hear like, yeah, build the website. And it's like, and they won't come. Right. There's so (laughs) much more behind it. People, I've, 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 I've I love, I love it. I've had conversations with people where they're like, yeah, I built a website and like no one came and bought it. And I was like, okay. Like, there's so much behind it. How do you help kind of develop that client experience, right? For whoever you're working with, right? How do they do that? How did you do that before? Because to invite someone in to actually make the purchase, the client journey or customer journey, there's so much behind it. How do mm-hmm. you incorporate that when you're uh, working with your clients?
1: Yeah, it's such a great question. And I love that you said this because I always joke and I, I say this on my podcast too. I'm like, if you build it, they won't come. <laughs> they won't come. <laughs> <It's> like... <laughs> And it's like, people will come, they will find your website, but you can't just build it and like, assume that like, that's not how businesses work, right? Like they have employees and staff and marketing teams and they do ads and like all kinds of stuff. Right. And so it's not really any different. Um, and I think I was a little bit naive when I got into business because I was like, oh, I really, this is going to be an online business. I'm going to build it. You know and I'm going to do that. But my very first inkling was I'm going to wear the clothes to work. And I'm going to go out, and I'm going to have business cards made, and you know, I'm going to talk to local retail stores and see if I can do like a pop up. And then I got asked to speak at women's events, and I was like, heck yes! Hey, what if I put a pop up? You know, like people had to walk through that to get to the event. Wouldn't that be cool? I even pay you to do that. You know what I mean? And things like that, and you know, just different opportunities. And you know, like, how am I going to start to like get this out to more people? Well maybe I'll, I've heard about this influencer thing. I don't know much about that, but like, I'll reach out to someone on Instagram and ask them if they'll wear this kimono and I'll just give it to them for free if they'll talk about it. Cause they got a cool engaged community. Like, so it's like, I don't, I think I was really naive and I didn't really think about it like that. <laughs> so I was like doing things that actually got it out there, you know? Mm-hmm. And I realized the more action, you know, led to more sales right? Mm. Because I was out there and I was talking about like, how else would anybody ever know about it? Like, oh, nice kimono. I'd be like, great, thanks. How about great, thanks. It's actually part of my business and you should see this that I have too, right? Like that's a different feeling. And so, you know, I think a lot of times when we hear that with clients, we're trying to, you know, like, okay, well, I'll build this website and I'll be like, okay, but like, what's your marketing (laughs) around that? And like, you know, or they want to go from Etsy to a website. And I'm like, let's talk about the differences there. And like, What's actually really good about that and all the brand control you have now you can email market and now you can like send traffic to that website and you like actually own those customers instead of them being Etsy customers, not actually yours. And, you know, like different things like that, but you actually have to put some effort and think about, you know, if I want to sell this thing, I'm just using the kimono as an example today, but because I'm wearing it, it feels right. But it's like, you know, if you have this thing, it's like, well, who wants to wear that kimono? Where can I show up in the places where she or he hangs out? and that's where the product placement begins whether it's a mastermind whether it's you know going to the local gym that you work at and you wear it over your yoga clothes and people think it's cute like whatever it is right and so like all of these things are different forms of marketing yes there's traditional marketing that we help clients with obviously like everything from how the website's built to the email marketing follow-up to social media stuff to the ads the seo like all of those technical components but you don't have to start with every single one of those things the most important thing as you and your message and how you're conveying that. And so I think that gets lost a lot of times because we put a lot of structure around businesses. like we can add a lot of structure and that structure is definitely going to help you, I have no doubt, but there's also a cost to that. And so, you know, where do you want to actually start with this business and what do you want to learn about that customer along the way? Um, and I think that just starts with having the conversation with people. So, you know, I always say it's, it can be as simple or as hard as you want it to make it, right? <laughs>
0: I love that. I, and you know, it's just something that sometimes we think that there's this like specific blueprint, like, Mm -hmm. okay, this is exactly what I need or I need someone to give me. This is exactly what we do. But again, it just comes to that. And you said more action, more sales. I just want everybody to take that away from today is more action, more sales and that sales in whatever it is you're doing. We're selling all day long in everything, negotiating your kids, what they're going to eat for dinner that's sales. You know what I mean? Like everything all day long. So that feeling though, is it, I guess, let me ask your thoughts on this. Is it like brand build the brand first and then bring the, the product or service along or have the service and product first and then build the brand along? What would you say is, is, um,
1: yeah i think i've seen it done both ways i think whatever it is that you're doing the most important thing is going to be thinking about the humans behind it <laughs> so you know maybe if i want to sell a kimono it might be like you know that i just get out there and start talking about it and people like it and i start selling it and then i can build the brand which is actually kind of what i did <laughs> you know what i mean but in other cases you see where people want to come out and they have very big plans and they're like this is going to be an international Beverage or whatever it is, right? And so they want that brand to lead. They want to generate excitement around that with an Instagram account. They want to start having community there because that's where they're going to draw people and they need that to go to retail stores with so people take them serious. Like everything's a little bit different. Like how I might go about finding my people and marketing websites, for example, might be different than where you find your clients for construction and -hmm. where they are and what they find. And so I think what really matters is like you believe in the product and you have clarity around who is that customer? What do they want? Why would they buy that product? Why is it great? And you know, what, like, what are they going to get for buying this? Like, how's this kimono going to make their life different than just going to winners or TGX or something like that to buy another one, right? Like, Mm -hmm. what's so special about that? And then being able to share that message with people, because I think ultimately, people are the things that are going to drive your business, whether it's the people that work for you, or the people that buy from you. I don't think it matters how so much. And I, I know that's kind of a scary thing to say for someone who builds websites. Cause I'm mm-hmm. like, obviously you need a platform to sell that on eventually. But is that the first step that you need to take? No, I think it's clarity. I think it's like being clear. And a lot of times when we see people that come back later and they're like, it's not working or people aren't coming to the website or whatever it is that we were saying, it's because they're not clear. We start to ask questions and they're like, oh, like I didn't really think about like, you know, you can use that product three different ways. And like, I'm not really telling people that or, mm-hmm. you know, <laughs> like mm-hmm. whatever it is. And so, you know, I know I'd sent you a link to a freebie that we do, and it's like three things that every awesome website does. It's on our website. Um, you can pull it anytime, but it's like, you know what we cover in there actually has nothing to do with shopify (laughs) it's like getting clear on the things that you need to do before the technology the technology should only be put in place to power
0: the thing you're trying to do not the other way around oh my gosh everyone go back and listen to that because that I think is so powerful. For, number one, we're going to absolutely tap, you know, link in this uh, free tool. So we appreciate you cl- in- including that. And I literally had this conversation yesterday with somebody who has a growing salon. And I, I looked and she was all different ways. I could do this or I should do this or I should do this or I, and, it, and then we were just kind of going back and forth and I was listening. And finally I was like, it sounds like you need to get really crystal clear on what you want to do and let that drive the decisions that you make. Instead of looking at all the what ifs, get crystal clear and then make the decisions based upon that. And listen, it might, your crystal clear might not be where you actually want to be, right? But it's mm-hmm. crystal clear right now. And that's the thing is like as a entrepreneur or entrepreneur, is like you get crystal clear on where you want to go right now based upon the experience that you have, but be open enough to allow that to change once you gain additional experience. I think what you shared is so powerful. Now, Sarah, as we kind of close up here, I I wanted to ask you, because you you do have such an extensive corporate background, what is like one of the most um, surprising experiences from your corporate that you are using now as a business owner and leader?
1: Yeah. Oh my gosh. So I would say it's my ability to oversee teams and manage multiple things. And so like, you know, we've got all these experts that kind of do multiple things, but they might be all tied into one project. Mm. And I'm able to kind of understand enough about what they do to be able to speak intelligently to a client in words they understand. (laughs) So that is a skill, I would say, because it's like I understand what they're all saying and like how like you think about it, you work for a company, you got your marketing team, and your operations team and like, you know, if anybody works for a company, they understand this and like all of those teams are like, Kind of like saying but my thing's the most important <laughs> the client's like yeah but this is what's most important to me and then they're like how am I going to do this and you know if you speak to one of those experts it's going to be kind of technical it's like I try to keep it light because <laughs> it's like you don't have to know everything about all that stuff we can just kind of break it down out of what's important so like saying things like you know like you got to figure out what you need to do first and then like we'll let the technology power it because we should really be building it around that not the other way because you're going to spend a lot of money if you do it the other way so it's like you know those types. Types of things so I think it's like taking that stuff and distilling it down I think has been really really helpful um because a lot of times in HR it was like really technical stuff like you know like recruitment numbers and like all these things and I'm like they don't give a crap about that they just want to know that we're out finding good people and that we're not losing them <laughs> And like, you know, when I need this role, you know where to get it. It's like, you know, like, let's just talk in their terms. And so I think that's maybe a really important thing for people to think about when they get into business, because we often think the thing we do is like super important. And I could totally nerd out on all the Shopify things, but you probably (laughs) didn't hear me do that today Um, as much as I'd love to. I'm like, I don't think it's appropriate, right? Like you just need to kind of know, I need to meet you where you're at. And then we can get more technical maybe as time goes on, right? But
0: I, I just yeah. love that. And um, I hope I mean that you' what you just shared was just so powerful. And everyone listening in right now, regardless of where you are in your career, let's call it, is know that all the experience you're gaining right now will show up at some point in your future. Mm-hmm. And so you may not need to see it, and that's okay. Just keep taking that action forward and it will show up. And so I thank you so much for sharing that. Now, Sarah, today's episode has been fantastic. I know people are going to want more, Sarah, what's the best place to follow along with you?
1: Yeah. Oh my gosh. Thank you so much for having me today being so gracious. Um, yes, please get in touch with me. If you heard something, if I sparked something, if you have a question, <laughs> if you love this episode, let us know. Uh, I hang out on Instagram a lot. That's kind of my primary place. So you can find me at Sarah Jansel, uh, or at Jansel and Co. Uh, both of those will come to me. If you head to the website and submit a form that comes to my inbox. So it's not somebody else is not a bot. Uh, cause I really want to keep a pulse on what's coming in. So yeah, don't be a stranger. Reach out and, uh,
0: let us know you heard. That's awesome. And I just have to commend you. Like I walk into every episode with just like such openness because I love learning from other people. And today was one of those. So Sarah, I just have to say your willingness to share was phenomenal. And I learned so much more, not only about you, but just your thought process in business. And you challenged me on a few things. And I really, really appreciate that. So like Sarah said, share this out, Make sure that you're coming here back to the show twice a week as we're dropping episodes. And I have an exciting, um, surprise that is coming out and launching. So make sure that you're coming by and don't forget if you would prefer, you could see Sarah's Komodo over on YouTube and we'll make sure to link it all in the notes so you can, you know, purchase one, but, uh, go hit subscribe over at YouTube and we'll see you there until next time.